Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Prince William's role in the coronation is revealed as we break down his phone hacking drama with Prince Harry. Right, he's going to show that, you know, Prince William entered in this settlement and got a big payout, but also to try to move Prince Harry's claims forward to say, listen, you know, he would have filed had he been aware of his rights. He was iced out. He was kept in the dark. Meghan Markle's family speaks out as Gail King reveals that Meghan and Harry are happy amid the coronation drama. I think they make the decision that's best for them. But I think, you know, it's his dad. I'm glad he's going. Plus, royal historian and author Gareth Russell breaks down everything you need to know about the coronation. I think it's something that he takes very seriously as his faith. Certainly, I think there will be have been discussions about televising it. And he has held very firm that he wants this to be a moment of privacy between him, the Archbishop and God. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally S. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. Christine, we are just days away from the coronation and whew, we got a lot to talk about. There is so much to get through. There's so much excitement in the air. It is really happening. We're watching history unfold. It is. It is all happening and you guys have a lot to say about last week's show. So let's get into it. Janet says bravo to Tom Parker Bowles for standing up for his mother over Harry's nasty accusations. As for Harry rushing back for Archie's fourth birthday, is that code for rushing back to play polo like he did for Archie's third birthday? People got a lot to say about um, Harry's decision um, to, you know, there's obviously reports Nick told us last week as well that Harry is going to kind of race back to um, California to spend time with his son. I'm pretty sure that's what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, three times mom says the picture of Queen Elizabeth with all their grandchildren that was there that weekend is absolutely amazing. Yeah, we were talking about that last week. I'm sure there's probably one from every summer and hopefully we can see those eventually. Yes, I mean, it's such a special photo knowing that it was so soon. It was taken so soon to when she she died. I think yeah. just... 10 times more special than anything else we've seen from the queen lately. Yeah, definitely. And then Lana says, why does the Royal family need to tiptoe around Harry? You made it sound that the Royal family needs to coddle their feelings for the coronation. When people don't trust you, you make sure all communications go through third party as witness. That was of course in response to Harry maybe being disappointed that uh, King Charles didn't reach out to invite him personally to the coronation. And I kind of understand that person's point as well. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about getting everything in writing, you know, having paper, trail to back yourself up <laughs> definitely all right well let's get into our royal roundup because like we said there's a lot of coronation news and we're going to break it all down um prince william of course he's going to play a big part in the coronation now during the ceremony he will present the monarch with the stole and the robe royal 
And the presentation will follow Charles's oath and anointing, but before he is given the scepter and rod and his crown with the St. Edward's crown. So the church's website states that the two items represent what the king as sovereign has been given by God, as well as notes that a new stole featuring Christian iconography has been commissioned for the event. Um, Charles will then be vested with a stole by the Bishop of Durham, where, after which William, the Baroness Marin, and assisting bishops will finish clothing the king. Gareth is going to kind of break down what exactly this means a little bit later. But yes, he's given a pretty big role in this. Rightfully so. He is the heir to the throne. Yeah, I think this is really special. It's great to see mm-hmm. William have such an important role in the ceremony. Of course, we see Prince George as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, in this modern era, it's it's so unlikely that anything will happen to these right. direct heirs, whereas hundreds and hundreds of years ago, obviously, it was a bit riskier. There was a lot of, you know, controversy over who the heir to the throne was. Mm-hmm. And so William having such a strong position and then George having taking part as well just kind of represents our modern age where it's like there's one heir, William's the next king. You know, we don't need all these other people yeah definitely um well princess anne of course is going to be on hand at the coronation and she spoke with cbc news about her brother becoming king saying well you know what you're getting because he's been practicing for a bit and i don't think he'll change you know he is committed to his own level of service and that will remain true that is true i mean he is the oldest king to be um crowned king so he has been practicing for quite a bit you know and he's been really consistent in the causes that he champions, some of these projects that he's been working on, you're talking about 10, 20, 30, 40 years, even longer that he's been, you know, working on and representing these causes. So it is, we already know who he is and what we're getting and that's not going to change. Yeah. And um, Princess Anne will be a part of the procession as well. She'll be following the crowning ceremony as the gold stick in waiting. So she will ride on horseback behind King Charles and Queen Camilla's carriage followed following the coronation. And she will lead 6,000 armed services personnel throughout the streets of London. How's the weather going to be, Christine, for this upcoming weekend? <laughs> Not great. It's looking oh, no. a bit cloudy. Good old British weather. It's looking quite cloudy and maybe rainy and cold, even though it's early May. Oh. Um, so fingers crossed everyone has their umbrellas. And, <laughs> and we shall see. I mean, it's been known to change before. Even yesterday, it was absolute sunshine. And today it's really dreary. So hopefully we'll see some sunshine on that. Get your ponchos on hand. For the the 6,000 armed service members who will be marching no matter what. (laughs) No matter what, rain or shine. Well, Prince, it's also being reported that Prince William will lead the public tributes to his father over the coronation weekend. He is set to make a speech in the monarch's honor at the star-studded coronation concert at Windsor Castle. Um, According to the Daily Mirror, it will be a heartfelt address, and he may also praise um, Queen Camilla and say that Charles, you know, obviously devoted himself to duty and the causes he believed in. Like you said, he is pretty steadfast in his ways. So I would imagine that a heartfelt speech from William is probably um, probably coming. Yeah. And I don't I, I think it will be quite I think it will be a bit soppy, but I don't think it's going to be overly surprising in, in yeah. anything he says. You know, a, anytime they make a statement, it's always very nice, but nothing groundbreaking. It's not going to be like a spare, except, you know, this one's called air. Nothing like that. But I do suspect that he will pay tribute not just to his father, but to the newly crowned Queen Camilla, who he does seem so fond of these days. He really does. And it seems like they have all really accepted her. And I feel like the people have also accepted her, too. It's been a long time coming. Um, We've also gotten 
the guest list. And we've gotten some images of the stage for the Coronation concert too, which looks to be absolutely amazing. But Tom Cruise, Dame Joan, which is just so funny. Tom Cruise is going to be there. Dame Joan Collins and Disney's beloved Winnie the Pooh will be featured along with Sir Tom Jones um, and a lot of other people in some pre-recorded sketches and segments. And they're going to be revealing some little known facts about the King. So I think it's going to be a really fun event. Like we said before, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, a host of other people will be performing as well. Yeah. And, and so many of these um, celebrities almost seem a bit random to yes. you know the average person like Tom Cruise, but actually Tom, Tom Cruise, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, they've all worked very closely with King Charles yes. on some of his charity projects. So almost sure. everything, everything about this coronation circles back to the charities that King Charles promotes and works with, and then really ultimately circles back to the people who are serving, giving back to the other uh, right. others in the United Kingdom. So it's amazing just to see this, the scope of how many people have been a part of these charitable organizations. Right. Well, it may seem strange to us. There's always a connection. Yes, there's always a connection. It's amazing. Yes. And well, Buckingham Palace released a set of three new photographs of the royal couple just a few days before the coronation. The images were captured by British photographer Hugo Vernon, and who was actually the couple's wedding photographer, which is really special. So they show the King and the Queen concert in the Blue Drawing Room in Buckingham Palace, and uh, all in blue. And Queen Camilla wore the late Queen Elizabeth's pearl drop earrings set with sapphire and ruby. Um, so, yeah, they look absolutely great, ready for their big day. <laughs> They look so royal. I love the blue tones. Um, Queen Camilla's earrings are so special. They feature sort of red, white, and blue of the Union Jack. So it, it's just such a regal um, photo set. And at the same time, there's no regalia. There's no tiaras and ball gowns. It's very much um, sort of seems like an average working day, but showing off what the king and queen want, to, you know, they want, this is how they want the public to see them. Yeah, but give us the tiaras. We've been saying it every yeah, week. Yeah, give us the people what they want. <laughs> um, well, I loved this photo. So Prince William, it's hard to believe that Prince William and Princess Kate celebrated their 12th wedding anniversary with the release of a previously unseen portrait. They captioned this uh, photo with 12 years with a heart. And they were, you know, all smiles as the Prince of Wales wrapped his arm around his wife. This photo was taken by Matt Porteous, who appears to be from the family's 2022 holiday card as they sported the same outfits. But they look, they just look effortlessly chic. This is like a J. Crew. Um, oh, it is. Yes, it's such a J. Crew photo shoot. Yes. I may have convinced my husband to buy a bike after seeing these photos. <laughs> like, look how charming this looks. We could go bike riding together. Right. Is it so down to earth and relatable? We know that these photos were taken um, up near Anmer Hall, their house in Norfolk. We know that the kids were there. It just looks like such a such a beautiful British day out in the summertime. And I just love when we see these photos that are, um, you know, off duty almost, you know, even though they probably took these photos in mind of sharing them with the public, mm -hmm. they're trying to show how, you know, they look, this is their real selves. This is who they really are. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But before the coronation, you know, the work does not stop for the members of the Royal family and the Prince of Wales actually had a funny interaction when he was in Wales with a young boy who thought the, um, the monarch who thought Prince William was the actual King. So a child said to him, you're the King. Well, William replied saying, no, I'm not, not me. My father is, I am a Prince. And this seems like a really fun day out. Um, they did a mountain rescue. They delivered some pizza. So a, a lot going on here. Yeah. This was, you know, we just talked about them. Bike riding is just so down to earth. This is them really staying in touch with the people. Mm. As King Charles does this very grand, ancient, you know, royal ritual, William and Kate are out there 
literally getting muddy, climbing mountains, handing pizza out to mountain rescue volunteers. Um, During their time in Wales, you know, they met with volunteers. They met with people working in the area. They're really strengthening those ties with the Welsh people. Um, But it was just amazing to see them down to earth. Kate's like in hiking boots and a barber jacket. And it just, again, it's it's very down to earth. I think this is who they really are and their real personalities. Really is. I would love to get a pizza delivered from the Prince uh, yes. of Wales, right? <laughs> well, also while they're there, they spend some time paying their respects to the 144 people, including 116 children who perished when a coal mine waste tip collapsed onto the town of Aberfan. So they toured the cemetery and memorial garden at Aberfan, um, talking to relatives of those who died. Of course, as we know, back in 1966, um, heavy rains brought this waste tumbling down into a school, killing 116 children. One of the survivors, his name was Jeff Edward, took the royal couple around on the visit and had a lot of, um, it seemed like deep moving conversations with him. And he actually told People Magazine that Prince William told him that Queen Elizabeth spoke of Aberfan often and that William had a tear in his eye when Edward shared how a week before she died last September, she actually wrote a letter to the local school to thank them for their letters of congratulations sent for her Platinum Jubilee it seemed like a really moving visit. And, and you know, historically speaking, we do know that Aberfan really, you know, hit, really moved Queen Elizabeth and really took, um, took a toll on her. Absolutely. This was one of the biggest tragedies of the 20th century within the UK. And so many people still remember it so vividly because it was just horrendous, you know, just a horrendous thing to have happened. Um, and many people will remember that it was depicted in The Crown. Yes. And so yes. if you remember that, that episode is still so haunting to me personally. Same. Um, but again, this relationship with Wales, it's very important to the royal family and remembering a tragedy that really shaped the Welsh people mm-hmm. and, and they can still remember it so so vividly shows how important it is to to William and Kate, especially as Prince and Princess of Wales, of honoring that that horrible experience and also, you know, remembering those people. Yeah, I'm sure Queen Elizabeth is probably very happy that they continue to reach yes. out and continue to visit and continue, continue to pay their respects and remember. Such a tragedy. It really is. All right, let's shift gears and spill some royal tea. And with the coronation, like we said, just days away, eyes will be on Prince Harry as he reunites with the royal family. So how does he feel about it? Well, we actually caught up with a friend of Harry and Meghan's, Gail King, who said that the uh, who said this of the couple's coronation decision. Take a look. What's your opinion on Meghan deciding to skip the coronation? I think Meghan and Harry should do what's best for them. Uh, clearly, you know, they know what's going on in their family life. They know what's going on over there. They consult me about nothing when it comes to that, or anything for that matter. I think they make the decision that's best for them. But I think, you know, it's his dad. I'm glad he's going. Does it seem like they're... Whatever whatever they think is best for them. Does it seem like they're in a really happy place? I know they're in a really happy place. I've seen the two of them together, and I know what they have is really true blue. And it's good to see the happiness that they give each other. That's nice. Thank you so much. I will never give up on love. I'm a sucker for love. You know, she said whatever makes them happy. And it seems like they are happy and they are kind of like in their little love bubble, I guess. Yeah, I know. Megan sort of said it in that statement last week. She's living her life. She's living her life in the present and that she is. Well, she may be living her life in the present, but her family is still kind of harping on the past. And her (laughs) estranged father, Thomas Markle, has begged his daughter to reconnect 
to allow him to see his grandkids. Um, now, he said all of this during an interview with Seven News Spotlight, and he reacted to um, the Netflix special in which she said that she lost my dad. He said that th this is likely his final interview and said she killed me and then mourned me. I refuse to be buried by her. This is, you know, pretty intense words. So he showed off some home videos of her during this interview, a proof, showing proof that she loved him at one point and that uh, Thomas was her hero. And he says that he was just thrown out. He said, I wish that we could sit down and talk, but he thinks that it's unlikely since she didn't contact him after he had a stroke. Um, she said that he said that she has not heard that he has not heard from her since she wrote that hateful and cruel letter, as he calls it, more than four years ago. And he said that was pretty much a kiss off. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, at this point, if they haven't mended their relationship, I don't think it's going to happen. No, this is definitely not. And this isn't going to improve no. things. You know, this is not going to improve the situation. It's so difficult to watch those clips of Thomas Markle speaking. Yeah. And you have to say that even him just going and speaking and doing this interview, it's that is honestly one of the, the hardest situations, I think, over the last few years, yeah. watching these families just crumble and disintegrate in such a public and very ugly way. is so sad. It really is. And it's, you know, and, you know, on, I'm sure a lot of people in the comments are going to be like, well, Harry and Meghan talked about them on the Netflix special as well. And that's true. But from the beginning, Thomas really has been speaking to the press. And I wonder, you know, kind of looking back at it, I'm sure he probably regrets doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> oh, <no>. Yeah. <laughs> well, Megan is actually making some professional moves following, you know, her step back from the royal spotlight. So Variety reported that she signed a deal with WME. So this is obviously a talent agency. And um, she's got some, you know, pretty high profile talent agents, you know, one of them being her longtime friend, uh, Serena Williams, talent agent. So they will reportedly take over at Presentation for Megan and Harry's company, Archwell Productions, while film and television production will be one area of Megan's WME partnership. Fans likely won't see her returning to acting since that won't be a focus. Um, interesting move. This just rings to me that the TIG is on its way back. Yes. Because <laughs> this sort of um, representation would really help facilitate, you know, brand deals, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so this is definitely a huge step forward in, in Megan's brand. You know, this is really Megan creating herself as a brand. And so mm -hmm. I suspect that the TIG is on its way, is on its way back to our internet screen. I think so. <laughs> the TIG, probably book deals. We'll probably see a lot going on with Megan yeah. in the next few months, maybe years. Um, so this is interesting. So Prince Harry alleged in a new legal document that his brother, Prince William, secretly reached a settlement with news group newspapers over that historical phone hacking claim. So the documents are part of a lawsuit that Prince Harry filed against NGN for alleged unlawful information gathering, including phone hacking. So in the papers, Harry's lawyers claim that Prince uh, William agreed to settle with the media corporation for a very large sum back in 2020. So according to CNN, Prince Harry also claimed that his late grandmother, Queen Elizabeth, was aware of William's alleged settlement discussions with NGN. So in 2007, a News of the World editor and private investigator were convicted of illegally intercepting phone messages from members of the royal family. And they claimed that later they claimed that there was no wrongdoing that ever took place. So in his court filing, he also alleged that Buckingham Palace officials had a secret agreement with NGN to keep members of the royal family from filing lawsuits. They denied that. Um, but and this is this is pretty um pretty crazy that he kind of made this public. 
This is such an ugly thing. Again, it's, it's, there's a lot of ugliness going on, I think, this week. Yeah. Maybe I've used that word too many times. But yeah, Harry is really sort of, you know, lifting the veil off of some of these things. But we mm-hmm. did hear throughout the last week that these sort of agreements, these discussions are kind of normal, especially the quiet settlements, um, which we heard Prince William did donate all of those funds to various charities throughout the UK mm-hmm. that he works with. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that Harry decided to sort of reveal this in this way. It feels very much like a gotcha sort of trick. But mm-hmm. we've also heard in the last week that these sorts of discussions and agreements and settlements and things like that are very commonplace when you have these very, very important media relationships. Yeah, definitely. Well, to break this down even more is president and CEO of West Coast Trial and Lures, Nima Romani. He'll tell us why he made a, may have made these claims public and if this benefits Harry in the future. Take a look. So if William got a settlement, does that mean that this secret agreement with NGN and the Royals was not in place? That's absolutely right, Christina. I mean, if there is an agreement not to sue, essentially a settlement or a release of claims, then Prince Harry can't sue. The issue in this case is the prince waited too long to file. So there's a statute of limitations in the UK and the newspapers are saying your claims are barred by that statute. That's why the prince is saying, I was misled. I was defrauded. I was told that there's an agreement where I couldn't sue. But now, since that's not the case, my clock didn't start running until I was actually aware of my rights. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're going uh, back and forth on this secret agreement in this case. Yeah. So did it seem like Prince William did sue then and we just didn't know about it or they just reached or he was going to sue and they reached this private agreement? Most lawsuits are public, even in the UK. So it sounds like there was some sort of demand or some sort of pre-litigation negotiation that resolved the claim well before a lawsuit was filed, because usually you can't file a secret lawsuit either here or in the UK. Right. Is is it almost like a little bit of a blackmail type of situation, (laughs) kind of? Yeah, you could call it down blackmail, extortion, a shakedown. You know, lawyers know that, you know, when a lawsuit is filed, all the dirty laundry is going to be aired in a very public way. So sometimes they'll try to get into an early mediation or just resolve it before a lawsuit's filed because we know the press is going to have a field day with a case like this. Yeah, we know that things are icy between the brothers. So why would Harry's lawyer make this public? Is it to make... Prince William look bad? Is it to make NGN look bad? Is it to make them both look bad? Well, it's a little bit of both, right? He's going to show that, you know, Prince William entered in this settlement and got a big payout, but also to try to move Prince Harry's claims forward to say, listen, you know, he would have filed had he been aware of his rights. He was iced out. He was kept in the dark and try to convince a UK judge that it's not fair for one brother to receive a substantial settlement while the other does not. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably not Harry, not happy that Prince William didn't give him a heads up about this one. So does this help or hurt Harry's case? at all. I mean, it does help because, you know, if NGN entered into a settlement with another brother, another victim, right, then a judge might say, well, it's not fair for Prince William to reap the benefit of the settlement where another brother gets his claim denied entirely on a technical issue, an important one in the statute of limitations, but a technical ground nonetheless. So, you know, in terms of fairness, the judge is going to have to sort through all this. The judge may say, well, it's not fair for one brother to be able to move his claim forward, but another does not. 
Will be interesting to see how that plays out. But before we get to all the, you know, we, we have a few more weeks before that legal trial begins, um, but we got to focus on the coronation. And so it's time to break down the royal rules. And joining us this week is author and royal historian Gareth Russell. He knows all and he is giving us everything you need to know about the coronation. So take a look. Well, Gareth, we are so excited to talk to you as always. And, you know, obviously we're just a few days away from the coronation. So we wanted to get basically like a what is the coronation type of conversation because I'm sure a lot of people have uh, questions about traditions and, um, you know, the history of everything. So let's just keep it really easy. Exactly. No. What even is a coronation? Well, it's it's in literal terms, it's just the crowning of the king, sometimes, oftentimes his wife as well as queen consort. This goes back in Britain hundreds upon hundreds of years. The first coronation of a king of England took place in 925. And then it was a ceremony at which a crown was placed on the king's head. It doesn't mark the formal moment where he becomes king or in the late queen's case, queen regnant, which means queen in her own right. That's not the moment that's happening. It is the moment of sort of solidifying a political bond between the king and his subjects. So there's always been at coronations, not just placing the crown on the head, which is the sort of the high point of the ceremony, but also a really important part is what's called acclamation. It's showing the king to the people and hearing the people respond and saying that this is that this is their king. So what actually goes on in the service? Like what are we actually going to be watching here? Well, you're going to be watching a Christian service, and it is important to note that this has been Christian. It was Catholic for the first sort of 600 years of its existence. It's been Protestant more or less ever since. This will be the first time the coronation has different religious elements. It, it, the palace are very clear. This is still a, an Anglican Episcopalian Christian service. But our Prime Minister is Hindu. He'll be reading from the Bible. The first Catholic service uh, component will be involved since the time of Mary I in the 16th century. So there's a lot of, as you can tell, readings, blessings, but the core moment is watching the king being crowned and anointed by the Archbishop of Canterbury. And also there will then be within that a smaller service in which we'll see um, Camilla being crowned Queen Consort. Now, the title of Consort has been used throughout British history. It just means a queen who is queen by right of marriage it usually, not always, but usually those queens don't get their own coronation, but they do get one incorporated into into their husbands. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing really a dual coronation of Charles III as king and Camilla as his consort. King Charles III has commissioned a beautiful new silk screen to shield him during the anointing in the ceremony. Can you tell us why he will be shielded during that anointing? So this really is a moment that I think a lot of us were debating how would they keep it in or would they allow it to be um, televised? Because it wasn't. It was it, Elizabeth II was very firmly of the opinion it would not be televised when it happened to her. It is the most intimately personal moment of the coronation. It is a moment when the king is really at prayer and taking almost a form of a sacrament in terms of his promises to the nation. I think it is something that he takes very, very personally as a practicing Christian. So I think he wanted to maintain the tradition of so the tradition of his mother of not televising it and also the tradition of his ancestors in keeping that that moment of 
taking Holy Communion as well. He actually, sorry, will be taking a sacrament when he takes Holy Communion at that moment, I believe, if that is still going to be kept in the anointing. So he will be a, someone who is an, an observant Anglican. I think it's something that he takes very seriously as his faith. Certainly, I think there will be have been discussions about televising it, and he has held very firm that he wants this to be a moment of privacy between him, the Archbishop, and God. So interesting. Um, and as we said before, some royals will be um, having some duties throughout this event mm. as well, including Prince George. He is a page of honor. So what exactly does that entail? Well, it it's a large part of it's carrying the robes and being in attendance. Obviously, in the medieval times, they, they had quite literally heavier lifting to do. But it will be sort of, it'll be um, carrying robes and being in attendance on his grandfather throughout the ceremony. So it is something that we know the Prince and Princess of Wales had a discussion about because it's a, it's a big thing for a child to be in the glare of, of publicity like that. But apparently he wanted to do it. And also it is something that he's doing in the company of other young boys of his own age. So I think there'll be hopefully a sense of... Um, camaraderie, but like the greatest nativity play you've ever been in, I suppose. You mentioned sort of holding the robe. So we've heard that Prince William will be presenting his father with the stole and the robe. What exactly does that mean for, you know, people who need uh, sure. more details on these historic yeah. rituals? Well, the dressing of the king was a very important historical ritual because you'll notice that there is a particular phrase that I think some people are baffled by on the coronation where they will say, God save the king, long live the king, may the king live forever. And people are sure saying, that's ridiculous. How can the king live forever? The king does live forever. Charles III will die, mm -hmm. but the king is never dead. That's the idea. And there was a, in medieval political theory, and early modern political theory, there was something called the two bodies, which was the king had a, was, a, was a human. And he got sick and his body was private in the way that all human bodies can be sick and frail and strong and all the rest of it and still be private. But the body of the king was the property of the state. And so there would be certain rituals to advertise this whereby high-ranking people around him would hand him or her, if there was a queen regent or even queen consort, would hand them clothes in order to symbolize the major subjects dressing the public body of the king. And so essentially, I mean, we won't say anything quite that intimate uh, on the television screens <laughs> on Saturday, but essentially it is Prince William handing over important pieces of clothing associated with the coronation and replicating those rituals that go back centuries. Is it interesting, you know, being a little controversial, is it interesting that Prince Harry was not given any sort of job during this or is it that's not surprising since he's not a working member of the royal family anymore i don't think it's surprising that prince harry hasn't been given a role in this um he has not exactly been the monarchy's most enthusiastic cheerleader over the past <laughs> few years it is important to note that he has told uh, the um in a british sit-down interview he was very very clear that he is a monarchist and he believes in the in the continuity of the monarchy but in terms of some of the things he said, and also, of course, bear in mind that you know Prince Harry has been very clear he is now um, a fully non-working royal in terms of being a working member of the royal family. That's obviously not what he initially wanted. He wanted it to be that there'd be some time on, some time off. But I think it's probably for the best not to complicate matters further by having him involved in some sort of working royal capacity. Mm -hmm. Simply because maybe I think the royals are hoping that they, they can draw a line under the recent uh, controversy with the Duke of Sussex, but I, but I think it it certainly 
it certainly seemed to be a generally popular decision that here that he was coming back. I think a few people who had been well disposed to the decision changed their mind a little bit after some of the things he said. Sorry, that's changed their mind a lot after some of the things he said in his um, court case uh, when he was over here a couple of weeks ago. I think some people felt that the coronation was hopefully going to be a chance for the family to mend bridges and then. Prince Harry divulged details of a private settlement Prince William had reached for his privacy being breached and hadn't allegedly told William he was going to mention William's private legal matters in a court case before he did so. So that has reignited some critics of Prince Harry who feel that it's impossible for the monarchy to initiate a rapprochement when he keeps doing things Mm -hmm. like this. And then there are others who will say that, you know, eventually all of this will blow over and that Prince Harry as would the king and Prince William would regret if he wasn't there. So I think generally speaking, this, the consensus is it's right that he's there. It's probably best that he's there as King Charles's son rather than as a working prince of the United Kingdom. Like I say, he is a wealth of knowledge. He really is. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know so much more now. <laughs> so much more, yes. All right, well, with the coronation just a few days away, we thought it would be really fun to give you a coronation gift guide for those last minute gifts so you can get ready for your big event, whether you're watching at home, going to the event like Christine. So there's a lot going on. So Christine, what are you loving right now? I am loving these earrings and a matching bangle that I received from Canvas Style. And it's a bit hard to see, but these are all coins with Queen Elizabeth II's profile on them. They're very cool. They're very trendy and it's a very subtle royal nod. Mm -hmm. Um, People aren't really going to notice right away. So if you're a bit of a closet royalist, you know, (laughs) they're a great way to sort of, you know, keep the queen with you, keep that inspiration going. They're both under $40. So it really won't break the bank, but they're really, really stylish. I absolutely love that. And they're yeah, stylish and great and perfect. Like you said, they're, they're subtle, but also very chic. Um, So this is really fun. So for a a complete gift set, look no further than Fortnum's Coronation gift box. So this gift box is so adorable. It features some chocolate crowns, which are uh, made with milk chocolate. It would have like a vanilla center, like give me all of them. And it also is a a wonderful counterpart to breakfast or afternoon tea. Their English berries is great with some toast. If you're doing like a breakfast, a brunch um, type of moment during your uh, coronation party and it comes with a tea as well. So this is definitely great and will impress your guests if you're having a coronation watch party. Speaking of tea, I absolutely love the Emma Bridgewater three cheers for Charles mug. I actually have some Fortnum Mason Royal blend in it right now. This is really bright and bold and sort of a modern design, but still very royalist monarchist. And it's so much fun, especially on the day. I know what I'll be using to have my morning cup of tea. Definitely. And to go along with your tea, you also, of course, need some biscuits. And these royal inspired designs include the beautiful crown. Um, it's from biscuitiers.com and it's, uh, it's got the crown. It's got the orb. It's got the scepter and Westminster Abbey. So it's a perfect addition to your party as well. And once the biscuits are finished, this tin will make a beautiful keepsake. So such great moments. I love it all. I know. I'm so excited to see all the souvenirs. There's so much out there. People have some really fun stuff to remember this day. Definitely. All right. Well, last but not least, this has been one heck of a show. <laughs> so much. We want to give a big happy eighth birthday to Princess Charlotte. She uh, turned eight this week and they released a brand new photo of the princess at Windsor Castle taken by her mom, uh, Princess Kate, who of 
course, photographs a lot of these birthday photos, and she just looks absolutely adorable. Such turning into such a, a young lady looks just like her dad too. She does. She looks just like her dad. She looks just so beautiful, but also so relaxed. I think that's the beauty of these photos taken by Kate is that the kids can sort of relax, and you get these really, really beautiful photos of them. Definitely. And I love that dress. How is she eight? How is she eight? <laughs> I don't know. Time you blink and it's it's crazy. It just goes yeah. by so fast. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Royal Yes. We threw a lot of information at you and I hope you guys are ready for the big event. And we're going to be, of course, breaking it all down next week. Please keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week.